Welcome back to Press Y, everyone. My name is Kelton Burns. My co-host is Cameron Donahoe. Let's get into some news. So, Cameron, are you ready for some more spicy hot legal news? Give me the hottest legal news you are legally allowed to tell me. So this Help. is actually not that juicy, but Apex, <laughs> Apple... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Give me a bone I, dry piece I didn't of expect news, you please. to really build me up there. Apple <laughs> has won a small victory this week in the Supreme Court case, or maybe Supreme Court case against Epic. The Supreme Court has denied Epic's Games' request to force Apple to begin offering the alternative in-app purchases now before their appeal is over. So if you guys remember, basically the court ruled that Apple needed to take out its 30% fee or at least offer developers an alternate purchase method for consumers so if they want if like you wanted to buy gems and clash of clans you could buy them directly from supercell through the game and this would bypass apple's 30 percent but then another court the ninth district court of appeals ruled that that change didn't need to go into place until apple had finished its appeal to the supreme court and then epic games lobbied to the supreme court to no make the change go into effect now and just be get just get it going now, for now. And in response, Supreme Court said no, they're not going to force Apple to begin offering alternative in-app purchase methods yet. They're going to wait until the appeal is over. So yeah, little update on that case, little little loss for Epic Games. And I will also comment that there's not just Epic Games that are requesting and want this thirty percent bypass option. It's Spotify. Like there's you know anyone that's in the game to make some money through some in-app purchases is looking to try to bypass this 30% fee for obvious reasons. So, yeah, uh, bit, bit of a bummer, bit of a, bit of an L for the little guy, unfortunately, uh, a little bit. but Hey, but hey. Apple's got to make that bread, baby. You know? Yeah. Apple stock is, I think at an all time high right now, they are making a lot of money. That is super good for Apple. I was worried about them. Me too. I thought they were going to go under more legal news nintendo has filed 31 yes. patents related to tears of the kingdom as reported by automaton nintendo has made 31 of these patents public over the last month some of these patents include the game's loading screen which shows player a player's position on the map while the game loads the inability for a player to grab an object that they're already standing on the process of link standing on a moving object and then continuing in the direction of that moving object and then some abilities like the recall ability and other abilities like the lightning attack that you can have a companion use. Now, some people have called out these patents as being a little too aggressive and uh, are kind of criticizing them for maybe having too broad of a stroke for a patent. I was going to say, it seems a little vague. I feel like I've done all those things in video games before. I've Yeah, I've seen people arguing this isn't the first time these kind of mechanics have even been used so it's it's weird to try to patent them and i've seen some seen some comparisons to the shadow of war patent that caused a lot of con controversy 
several years ago where they patented the Nemesis system, which was praised as a really cool game mechanic that that game introduced, and then suddenly no one could use that mechanic outside of that one studio that was making Shadow of War. So it kind of like locks off a mechanic from being popularized and used in other games, which can kind of be gatekeepy and limit the uh, industry as a whole. I I don't agree. I, it makes sense why uh, they would fucking try to patent that because it's like completely unique to that game franchise. But I definitely don't morally agree with it just because it stops other games from fucking expanding upon cool new mechanics um but this nintendo thing is just so vague it doesn't make sense why they're even did they get these patents uh like pushed through like uh, accepted so i'm not fully versed on how patents work i believe they can be like challenged and yeah. also if you dig into the actual patent and look at like the all the science or math involved there's certain like uniqueness about how they're having some of these mechanics work like with the process of link standing on a moving object i looked into that a little bit instead of how a normal game would have the physics of each object keep link moving on that other object how nintendo uniquely did it in tears of the kingdom or at least how they're presenting that they were the first ones to do this is that when link is standing on an object instead of the relying on the physics they just have link moving at the same speed as the object that he's standing on um unrelated to each other so not relying on physics so like when you stand on a thing rolling down a hill the game is having you just move at the same speed as that object instead of you kind of like i don't even know how to describe it you know but him standing on his point of contact i guess I don't know, dude. I'm That's not fucking dumb, dude. <laughs> Way to go, Nintendo. Huge win for Nintendo today. <laughs> um, Namco actually has a pretty similar thing that uh, made a similar patent that kind of... I, I don't want to say fucked over the, the gaming industry, but they made this like really cool thing where you could play their mini-games. You could play mini-games during a loading screen. And so... It wasn't so boring to have to go through a bunch of loading screens, and they made that patent so anything that wasn't a Namco game uh, couldn't have like the interaction, the interactivity that they had during their loading screen was like super limited because of that patent. So fun fact, little little uh, video game patent uh, story there. Also, Telltale Games has acquired FlavorWorks. FlavorWorks is developer behind 2019's Erica. Flavorworks since 2019 has seemed to lean into mobile games, uh, and their games do line up, I think, with Telltale's type of like choice-based narrative games, but Flavorworks seems to use almost real captured footage. So yeah, they just uh, they just acquired that studio, and I wanted to touch on how Telltale has recently released The Expanse, which was co-developed by Deck Nine. I saw that episode one has been met with warm reviews i've been really tempted to buy this game just because i really liked the telltale original kind of release schedule of like playing an episode for a few hours and then a few weeks you have another episode to look forward to and think about how your choices are gonna impact this next episode but the main thing holding me back from getting the expanse a telltale series is that you have to buy it full out at 39.99 you cannot buy the episodes individually and that's kind of what i always did back in the day with like Walking Dead or Wolf Among Us was I'd buy like the four ninety nine or nine ninety nine or whatever they were episodes, and then uh, I'd buy them each as they came out. But with this, you have to buy it all at once. And I don't even watch The Expanse, 
so I don't know. I don't have that like pre-invested fondness for these characters. So, but if tell if, if the Expanse keeps getting extremely good reviews and people keep buzzing about the next episode, I might be tempted to pull the trigger. But we'll see. We'll see. What what would your like dream uh, adaptation of a show or movie that you like? Uh, for a Telltale game to be made of. Hmm. Well, I really liked the Game of Thrones one, and I liked the Borderlands one, and I liked the Walking Dead one, and Wolf Among Us. Uh, Saga would be really cool. Saga would be perfect. Yeah, I think Saga would be awesome. Saga would be really cool. Um, like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars comes to mind, but I don't think those really need Telltale games because I, I, I like when Telltale shines a light on like stuff like the wolf among us mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know whatever do they do i hope that they have agency to kind of tell their own unique story because i think that was a big strength for the walking dead story they told and for borderlands versus yeah. when you when you went into like game of thrones you know they had like their own unique family they were telling a story about and and it just had big character mainstays from the show kind of like make appearances but i kept right. questioning how this fits into the narrative uh, and I know it's a it's characters from the books, but that one was just a little bit messy. I liked it when it was more disconnected, like uh, like The Walking Dead was. Right, right, right. So if they were to tell a story within Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, I guess I would want them to have their own unique carved out section. So maybe those aren't good options because I'm so familiar with the all the characters and lore and how that world operates. So I would constantly be questioning, like, is this kind of feels like fan fiction? I mean, that being said, maybe I should give the Expanse a playthrough because it seems if all the previous games are anything to go off of, you don't really need to watch the show too, too much in order to get a lot out of the games. And when you do notice characters from the main show, it's it's more of like a cameo or an Easter egg. And if you have never seen the Expanse, you wouldn't even recognize. It wouldn't even be like yeah. it wouldn't even be like fucking a Marvel character entering into the room or whatever. You'd just be like, "Oh, there's a new character." And then maybe if you watch the show, it would be a cool little cameo. Like, "Oh, I recognize oh. that guy from the game." You, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna go on a tangent and ask you about the Expanse, but we're not here to talk about the Expanse. We're here to talk about how Sony's first party games have potentially been delayed. Guys, on page five of Sony's recent quarterly earnings report, it mentions the impact of changes in the launch dates of a portion of first-party titles for its fiscal year of 2023 related to a drop in the projections of profits. So, this would suggest that some first-party Sony games have been delayed, and some outlets are relating this to why we haven't gotten a significant playstation showcase recently showing off some big triple a games because i know some people were disappointed by the last one we just got some spider-man 2 and uh, some other tidbits i don't remember being disappointed by it but i guess some people were really expecting some some larger reveals and uh if this is anything to go off of it's possible that these games have been delayed we do know that like the last of us multiplayer game has been delayed so that's probably falls in this this bracket of first party games but yeah, maybe uh, maybe next year will be a bigger game year for Sony first-party games. Hopefully, maybe we'll have a little uh, uh, Sony Direct type thing going on. Some maybe some Death Stranding too is just waiting, <laughs> lurking in the depths. Norman Reedus and his monster energy fueled motorbike. 
I never played Death Stranding, so I don't really fucking <laughs> I have no idea what that game's about. Dude, so I played. I I have like ninety eight hours on Death Stranding or something. I, I platinum that game, and there gets to be a point in the game where you help this farmer like regrow all his crops or something like that. And so then every time you go back to your home base to recharge ever and drink your monster, it's no it's not long it's no longer monster anymore. It's like this like wheat drink or some other like carbonated beverage. And I just remember being like, ah, oh, I miss the like novelty of sitting down in the middle of this emotional long game and just cracking a monster in this post-apocalyptic <laughs> setting yeah what a loss it was a big <laughs> loss if you had to describe the plot of death stranding in seven words how would you do so seven words human connection is why we are here oh weirdly philosoph- uh, philosophical death stranding when you, especially when you get into the final moments of that game, gets extremely philosophical. At least it was for me. I was crying for like two hours. Oh, that is, that's a lot of crying, man. <laughs> that's Dude, it's cool. so that game, it's like 90 hours of buildup and setting up all these different narrative threads. And then the game ends in like a three hour cutscene where it's just like one after the next, all of those like story threads that they've set up all reach emotional climaxes one after another. So like each one was bringing me to tears and it just didn't stop. Cause it was like a two or three hour long cutscene. At least that's how I remember it. And I just remember like getting hit over and over and over with like, Oh my God, like the emotional payoff or, you know, all sorts of different, like happy tears, sad tears, empathy tears, just like with all these different characters that all have these, uh, kind of like resolutions to their story one after another as the story comes to a close. And I've never experienced anything like that in any other game. I guess you could compare it to like a long-form anime or something. Some people uh, pay hundreds of dollars for that kind of experience through therapy, but (laughs) for the the low price of Death Stranding, you too can have an emotional breakthrough. I should call my dad. (laughs) So, Cameron, are you ready for me to say the word modern warfare, like, a lot of times? Hell yeah. I'm always ready for modern warfare, baby. All right. I'm like George Bush. Modern Warfare 3 (laughs) has been announced. It's being developed by Sledgehammer Games with assistance from Infinity Ward. It's slated for a November 10th release. Side thing here, just a personal thing. I found this somewhat interesting as Infinity Ward made... Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, and then they made Modern Warfare 2, two years later. And then, you know, due to some drama, Sledgehammer took over and made Modern Warfare 3 in 2011. Fast forward, the 2019 reboot of Modern Warfare is made by Infinity Ward, and then the 2022 sequel, Modern Warfare 2, is made by Infinity Ward, and now Sledgehammer is again making Modern Warfare 3... <sighs> For 2023, so it's kind of like, you know, once again, Sledgehammer's coming in for the third Modern Warfare. Is it specifically because they made the last Modern Warfare 3? I don't know if it's just, like, because if you've played the new Modern Warfares, because I've played both of them, and I've played a lot of the originals, they do not feel like remakes or reboots. They just feel like, you know, in the same vein. The campaign features a lot of the same characters, just, like, different parts of that 
story narratively, but overall they feel very different. Like the maps feel different. The guns, at least to me, it all just feels different. So right. it doesn't really make sense to be like, oh, you guys can have the third one again because it, <laughs> it's probably just going to feel completely different in the same setting. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if anything, that's just going to kind of like overcomplicate the whole process of making the game you know like yeah, it, it I, like i, I think sledgehammer did like a decent job of don't get me wrong but i also don't think modern warfare 3 was like a fucking like system seller or anything or even the best modern warfare so it's weird that they're i mean i personally think it's kind of weird that they're bringing think it's them on again the second best modern warfare of the original three but really i think that I think an argument can be made whether COD 4 or Modern Warfare 2 are better than than the other one. They're both just extremely strong Call of Duty entries. Well, I think, I in my own personal experience, I think it goes Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare, and then Modern Warfare 3. And Modern Warfare 3 wasn't like saying. a bad game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying 3 is in the top 2. That's why, sorry, my bad. I misheard you. Uh, yeah, no worries. I, I, yeah, but I agree with you. Modern Warfare Three is, I think, the the weakest of the three. So to Agreed. hand it back to that developer for this one, I thought it was interesting. Sledgehammer's last Call of Duty was Vanguard, and I don't remember that being very warmly recepted. Right. This is also the first time that a Call of Duty title has received a direct sequel one year later, with Modern Warfare Two coming out just last year, and now we're getting Modern Warfare Three. I think to to help this transition be even smoother. Activision announced in a blog post a new feature called Carry Forward, which will allow Modern Warfare 2 players and Warzone 2 players to keep their unlocked weapons, attachments, emblems, and other rewards, I believe camos as well, and carry those directly into uh, Modern Warfare 3 this year. So, Wow, they're not making us pay for our fucking progress that we've made? I know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Carry Forward feature ends up being like $20 or something, but... I think this is just an interesting transition across big popular shooters right now with like the success of big games like Valorant, Fortnite, and Apex, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't, there's never a reset in what you have unlocked. Like I still right. have all the same things in those games that I've unlocked over the past 4 years and it's really nice to feel like every time I unlock something, I'm just permanently going to have that item whereas Call of Duty it's like, oh yeah, you know, I get my moment in the sun with my gold weapon before I burn out and then the next Call of Duty, it's, no. Right. So I'm, I'm not super familiar with Warzone. Is it, like, directly tied into each new installment of Call of Duty, or is Warzone just its own separate thing? So Warzone is, like, I'm, I also don't play Warzone, but I do follow it. Warzone gets a new update every time, and I think a new island every time a new Call of Duty comes out. So, like, when Warzone originally dropped, it tied into Modern Warfare, so it was very Modern Warfare themed, right? But then when Cold right. War came out the next year, they transitioned it into like a new island, and all the new guns were Cold War themed. But people I still see. carry over their weapons that they've unlocked from the Modern Warfare time, right? So then you have a really weird meta of certain <laughs> people just having a lot of guns that are no longer available. And I'm sure that causes massive weird balancing issues. Yeah, what the fuck, I think man? at some point, war- when they fully switched from Warzone to Warzone 2, there was, like, a reset where people lost, like, their Snoop Dogg skins. But now I, I think Snoop Dogg's <laughs> back in the game. But, like, certain people did lose skins, like 
like there was a jigsaw skin from saw that's no longer in the game because it's warzone 2 and that's i don't as someone who doesn't play warzone it can seem kind of confusing from the outside because again with like fortnite and apex and and valorant and or even league of legends you know if i unlock a skin or i unlock a a, a weapon camo i'm going to have that and i still have it now in game uh, and they've had a couple of resets over there I mean, at some point you would think that it would just make more sense to make Warzone entirely separate from the new Call of Duty entries. Just to, like, I don't know, fucking properly balance your game. That way random people's guns and skins don't just don't leave, you know? I think they also incentivize it because I played a little Modern Warfare 2 when it released. And it has a battle pass because, of course, it has a battle pass. And the battle pass, as I was looking through it, had unlocks for both Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone, and it looked like I could progress the battle pass by playing either game, and it almost like I had weekly challenges to go play Warzone and weekly challenges to play Modern Warfare 2, so it's like they wanted me to, you know, hop back and forth, enjoy both games, but I just personally haven't enjoyed Warzone, so I'd never did those weekly challenges before I eventually moved on, but I guess maybe they try to synergize the two games. Yeah, It just, it seems like they're making it way too convoluted, and solely for the sake of synergizing their games and making you go out and be incentivized to buy more of these games. I just think they should focus on making a fun game first and foremost. Call me old-fashioned, but I like my games fun. (laughs) And the more Snoop Dogg skins, the better, right? What the fuck? Don't take away my Snoop Dogg skin. (laughs) They have, like, Attack on Titan skins and stuff in there. Oh, and they just added skins where you can be a cat. That's a huge win. That's a huge win for the the gamer cat community. One last Call of Duty thing that I was speculating on. So Treyarch, for the first time since their first Call of Duty release, which was Call of Duty 3, have now have three years to develop their next title between their last entry, which was 2020's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. So now they're up next for 2024's Call of Duty. And I really hope that whatever they do, they've had... You know, they've had more time than they've ever had to really cook. I really hope we're getting a solid zombies entry. Because whatever it is, man, I really just, like, zombies is my main draw to COD. All my best memories of playing Call of Duty kind of revolve around zombies. I still watch the zombie lore videos to keep up to date <laughs> with whatever's going on and the, that crazy lore. Like, I've watched little fan-made documentaries about Call of Duty zombies. I love that game mode. I dream of like a Call of Duty Zombies exclusive game, which which would be cool if it had all the previous maps, right? Because I was just dude, I was just thinking the other day about how I wanted to go play a Black Ops One or Black Ops Two Zombies map, and yeah. how that means I'd have to like, it was I think it was probably inspired by the recent announcement that the servers are back online or whatever. But I was like, man, I'd have to go buy Call of Duty Black Ops Two for whatever like PC or or PS4 or whatever they're still on, and those games are still pretty significantly priced. Yeah, it would just be cool I, to have a remaster of it all. I would, I would go absolutely sicko mode on a entirely ex- like only Black Ops or not Black Ops, an entirely zombie related game. I I love that game mode, and I think it's it's so fucking wacky and weird, and like has no business being like as complicate of having as complicated of a story as it does, and like having like really fucking tough puzzles to solve that they give almost no hints on and so anytime a new map is released it's just like starts this 
widespread frantic search for how to fucking pack a punch a gun or how to like get evanescence to start playing (laughs) and like the more you look into like how that all started like they wanted to release this zombies mode and whoever was in charge they knew that they probably weren't going to get approval to spend their time working on this so it all started as like a passion project from the devs they were working on in secret and they kind of just like put into the game and you know on paper i guess it didn't seem like it would be a success but it ended up just becoming such a like a homebrewed kind of passion project success that these developers made that then eventually exploded into like such a beloved game mode and i think that really shows in how strongly like me and you and a lot of other people feel about zombies is you can feel that kind of passion pouring through and like just the weird wackiness of like you know hit three dolls around the map and you get some fucking rock music playing or metal music yeah. playing while you're shooting a ray gun and diving <laughs> off buildings and like whatever it is like the right. monkey bombs like everything is just it bleeds like uniqueness and personality and i think that's the strongest part of call of duty for me and just to know that it started in such a kind of like a secret little non-corporate way is i think yeah it definitely it definitely screams passion project for sure and i feel like some of the funnest games do that uh, as well as game modes um I, what i love about it besides the fact that it's just a very fun and unique game mode to play in a very nice refreshing break from just your average call of duty is it really scratches that like kind of conspiracy theorist part of my brain you know Cause like when it first releases and you have no idea what's going on, you're just like randomly stabbing rocks or like randomly finding these random pieces of a machine that you're trying to build. And you're like with your buddies trying to like conspire exactly what you're doing with this fucking machine or like what you're doing with like a random like wrench that you have to go fix a machine for. And it, it's, I don't know. It just, it's a very like, it's like solving a mystery with your friends while also you happen to be shooting a bunch of zombies in the face. It's like a, it's a wonderful uh, combination. I agree, Cameron. So before we get out of here, I would like to briefly talk about whatever games we've been playing recently. Have you uh, been playing anything cool? Have you been playing Baldur's Gate at all? No, I've heard I've heard a lot of Baldur's Gate talk. I'm I'm waiting until my next paycheck to to get it. Unfortunately, but it seems immaculate i've heard so many great things about Baldur's gate which makes me really happy i've yeah i've been hearing just absolute non-stop incredible things about Baldur's gate like it is definitely going to be a game of the year contender uh like i i plan on hopping into it soon i just played tower of fantasy yesterday because it is a 2022 game but it just had a 2023 release on playstation and oh my god cameron that has to be the worst port of a game i've ever played (laughs) in my life dude like it looks great this cartoony anime genshin impact visuals and the voice acting everything they obviously Mm -hmm. invested money into that it is the most non-intuitive menu navigation at least right now on playstation if you were to play it right now i don't know if they'll fix this in the future but and I'm sure it's easier with the mouse and keyboard or fucking even with your phones you're playing on your on your phone with your fingers or whatever. But on PlayStation, you'll be navigating a menu and it'll be like, hey, you got to use the thumbstick to navigate this menu. And then randomly another part of the 
menu will need the R1L1, and then another part of the menu will be the R2L2, and then another part of the menu will be the D-pad, and then another the part of the memor- menu will be moving one of the thumbsticks with L3 to activate the cursor, and then without ever even telling you, you need to press square and triangle to bring up the cursor at any other point, and then there's another button combination where you have to p- push like X and circle, and I only found any of this out through trial and error of just pressing random <laughs> shit. Like, trying to get my friend in the same game as me took maybe 25 minutes. Like, it was so frustratingly hard to navigate <laughs> this menu. And so we get through all of that, you know, brute force through the menu system. I finally get him into my game. And then we find out that anytime you want to do a narrative battle like attached to the main quest like oh you guys you know some narrative event happens like any other game where you need to fight a group of enemies it instances you into a your own single player world where you can't see any of the other players and you have to do that encounter by yourself now i don't know if this changes for side quests or like eventually down the road like i don't know what was going on but if i'm playing an mmo i want to be doing everything especially combat encounters with whoever I'm playing with. Like, you know, I want to see them doing their abilities and me doing my abilities. I don't want to be, like, isolated away from them every time I attack and then only have them with me when I'm running from point A to point B. I mean, that's the best part about co-op gameplay, right? It's not the actual gameplay. It's just the running around. It's just the navigation. That's what we all all thrive and want, right? That's what we yearn for. Yes, the Tower of Fantasy, uh, I ended up uninstalling it after a few hours. (laughs) I think it's a bold choice to have to put in like a fucking flawless 17 button input combo in order to fucking use the menu. Dude, some of the menu, you have to literally use the touchpad as almost like like you're like you're touching on a phone screen, but the touchpad obviously, you know, you there's no measurement for how much how much distance on the touchpad is how much distance on your screen and the touchpad doesn't cover the whole screen. So you're randomly touching on the touchpad trying to click things and you might accidentally click other things. Dude, it was just crazy. I was sitting there joking. I was like, did they put the puzzle guy on the menu design? Because this is wild. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I never experienced anything like that before. And it just, you know, when you play a game and the menu feels intuitive and you don't even think about it, just like, be grateful for whoever designed that menu because they did <laughs> yeah. like a solid job. You sh- like when you're navigating a menu, you you shouldn't have to think about anything. You're just navigating a menu. Yeah, it shouldn't really be like a challenge to to get through a menu. <laughs> but who'd have thought? You know, maybe that's good game design. I'm not a good. I'm not a game designer. Yeah, they're, they're, pa- they're, at one point, <laughs> at, my friend is in the middle of customizing his character, and I sent him a game invite, and it just broke his whole game. Like my my game invite coming in suddenly brought up a mouse cursor, made everything unclickable, and just he had to completely reset his whole character creation process because of my invite coming in. Like, just stuff like that. It, it was rough. You know, it is a port. I don't know. Maybe I'm hoping that it gets smoothed out and ironed out over time. Uh, but for now, Tower Fantasy, really rough on launch. Yeah. No matter how many fucking fixes and... Uh... Uh, patches Tower of Fantasy receives. I don't think I'll ever be playing Tower of Fantasy if I'm going to be real. I have been playing. Uh, I've created a very fun game that you guys can play at home, which is a very good time, uh, within the world of uh, Overcooked. Have you ever played Overcooked? Oh, yeah. 
Well, I, me and two other friends were playing Overcooked over the weekend. And my buddy has worked in the restaurant industry his entire life. And I've worked in the restaurant industry my entire life. And, and so we were trying to prove who is the better cook uh, in Overcooked. And it's an entirely cooperative game. Uh, or at least the first one is. And uh, it, basically you're trying to like gain a score uh, cooperatively at the end uh, by like at the end of these levels by making uh, food tickets essentially. And you're like trying to wash dishes and each person has their own little orders that they have to do. Um, and so we made a game called Yes Chef uh, where one person is declared the chef and then the other two people have to can only say yes chef or no chef to the chef and the chef is giving out orders the entire time and you have to follow those orders and the person who gets the highest score as the chef is the best chef so if you guys ever want to play yes chef it's a good time all right it's also like that game's entirely surrounded around communication so it's like very panic inducing like not being able to talk or just saying yes chef or no chef it's a good time i highly recommend that is going to bring us to the end of today's episode. Sorry over time. That's okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed another week, me and Cameron. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back next Friday. Damn straight. See you guys next Friday. Goodbye. What do you mean you hope they enjoyed it? Of course they fucking enjoyed it. It was, it was awesome. There's highs, there's lows. We laughed, we cried, we fell in love. Let's, let's press Y. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> Bye.